0: Thank you, Kate, for reading that lesson for us. God is good. All the time. Let's say that a little bit louder with some life in it. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Let us pray together. Gracious God, as I stand to preach your word, may I decrease so that you may increase. May this message on healing be a channel of transformation and wholeness, bringing hope to the hopeless, strength to the weary, and faith to the skeptic. We offer these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our healer and our redeemer. And the church of God say, Amen. Well, I have a story that at a healing service, a little boy said to his distracted daddy, Dad, why are you not praying for healing? Everybody is praying. His dad replied him saying, I am fine. I am well. I don't need prayer for healing. Without a beat, the little boy said, Oh, yes, Dad, we both need prayers for healing. Because Mom said, I got my hot temper from you. And you could see his face. And the little boy said, exactly, Mom is right. Yes, the moms are always right. Sometimes we may say we are well. Sometimes we may say we are fine. But that is always something or someone we can bring to God at a healing service where we focus on the healing nature of God, our Creator. At a healing service, is a time for you and I to bring to God, who is the greatest physician, our physical, emotional, and spiritual frailty and brokenness and the cracks that Charlie showed us in that beautiful presentation, is a time to bring those cracks to the Lord, but also bring the concerns of other people to God who is our healer. But the question I always get asked is this, does God heal today? The question of whether God heals today is a topic that's been debated, it's been pondered upon by many across the various religious and spiritual beliefs around the world. While some firmly believe in the power of divine healing, others approach it with a bit of skepticism, a bit of uncertainty, not quite sure. And I know that none of us here, are skeptical about healing because we are all Methodists, isn't it? If you say yes, then we've got something to talk about. But we are all enthusiastic about healing. We are family believers of God's power to heal. But to rephrase that question, does God heal today is like asking the question, can the manufacturer of my laptop, the manufacturer of this my tablet, the manufacturer of my phone, can they fix it if it is broken? Can the maker of my car fix it if it is broken? Can God, the creator, who made or who created the body, the mind, the soul, and the spirit, can he repair us, can he heal us when we are broken and cracked? Just like what Charlie showed us there. In our skepticism, let us remember the story in Genesis chapter 18. It's a beautiful story in Genesis chapter 18. Go home and read it. In that story, Abraham had a visitation from three strange men. He was told by these strange men that his wife Sarah, who was barren at the time, would have a child. Sarah was a fly on the wall. She overheard the conversation and she found it really amusing. She laughed and laughed and laughed about it in disbelief because biologically, this was absolutely impossible. But in response to Sarah's skepticism, one of the men said this to Abraham and Sarah, verse 14 of Genesis chapter 18, I quote... Is anything too hard for the Lord? And I want us to repeat that this morning to ourselves. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Let's say that together. Let's say it one more time with a bit of life in it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That was the the reply. And he said, I will return at the appointed time next year. And you know what? Your wife, Sarah, who is barren, who is biologically unable to have a child, who cannot bear a child anymore because of medical reasons or whatever has happened or what was going on at age or whatever. The man said, By that time when I come next year, Sarah will have a child. Whatever man or the doctor or people have said will be impossible in your life, it is with men, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. That's what we believe. That with Him, all things are possible. And so to attempt to answer that question, does God heal today? I will say yes, yes, and yes again. God does heal, but in His time and in His way. It can be divine healing. But also it can be through the extraordinary knowledge God has given to the scientific community to bring about healing through science. The two go hand in hand because God is the first and God will be the last master scientist. God is not opposed to science. He is the scientist. And so healing is possible whether it be through The medical doctors and the nurses using their God-given talents and skills or through the natural healing process of the body. What we must remember here is that sin brought sickness into our world. And so at times God did heal, God does heal us, but at times he gives us the strength, the courage, the grace to go through sickness, pain, and even death, which is the conclusive consequence of the fall of humanity. But you know what? God so loved the world. God so loved you and me that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. He was nailed to the cross and by his stripes, we are spiritually healed. We are restored to God. He died on the cross and he rose again from the dead to make peace between us and God, to reconcile us with God. And so this morning, I declare to you that the greatest healing is finding peace with God through salvation, finding shalom, finding that inner, deep inner harmony with God who is our creator. In his popular hymn, Abide With Me, the Scotch hymn writer, Henry Francis Light, said these words, and I'm going to sing it. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies, heavens. Morning breaks and earth, when shadows flee. You know the next line. In life, in death, O Lord, abide. We friends went through sickness. Diseases, injuries, we say goodbye to this life. We say goodbye to this world. If our relationship with God is right, we will have peace with him in the world to come. But while we're still on earth, all our need for healing requires us to be totally obedient, to have faith, and to have total trust in the Lord, as we can see from that gospel passage that Kate read for us so beautifully at this healing service. In that reading, Jesus and his disciples came to a town called Bethelza. In an act of trust, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him. They pleaded with him. They cried unto him to heal this man. From those opening words in the gospel passage, we see that the first step towards divine healing is to come, is to surrender, and to submit ourselves to God and cry to him in prayer asking for help because nothing is too hard for God our Creator. Some people say, what God cannot do does not exist. But I say, what God cannot do in accordance with his word does not exist. Jesus is the greatest, the greatest healer. And he demonstrated his healing power throughout the Bible. If you go home, you look at your Bible in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 4, verse 23 and verse 25, He tells us that Jesus went through Galilee teaching and preaching in the synagogue, proclaiming the good news and healing every disease, healing every sickness among the people. God is able to heal. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us that he is the same yesterday. He is the same When? And he will be the same. He's an unchangeable God. He healed yesterday. He will heal today. He will heal tomorrow. All we need are those three ingredients that I talked to you earlier about. He requires us to have total obedience, total faith, and trust in him. He can mend what is broken, soothe what is hurting, and restore what has been lost. The question is what need uh, have you for healing today? What need have you got for healing today? Who is close to your heart? What is so close to your heart that is broken, as Charlie showed us in that presentation, that that is broken, that needs God to fix it together and put those golden patches around it so that it becomes beautiful again. Have you got that today? Today is the day to bring that need to Jesus Christ in prayer. Let Him touch you. Bring that need to him, be it physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. In his book, one of our past superintendents here, his name is imprinted on this uh, altar here. In his book titled, He is Able, Dr. William Sangster, the powerful Methodist preacher, wrote about a time when he took his two-year-old son to the hospital for a very painful surgical procedure. He recalled the moment when he handed his son over to a trusted, competent medical team and waited in the waiting room for a good outcome. I like the detail that Mark added into that reading that Kate read for us in that story, that the blind man was handed over to Jesus, and Jesus reached out and took the blind man by the hand, and he did not let go of him. He will not let go of whatever you put in his hands today. Somebody say amen to that. By holding the blind man's hand without saying a word, Jesus was communicating to the blind man, that he cares. He cares about you. He cares about what you're going through. He knows what you're going through. And due to his condition, he could not see what was happening, but he could feel that he was being held. Being held by the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. Being held by the strong, powerful hand of Jesus Christ. He felt held. In our spiritual blindness... Jesus offers us leadership, direction, protection, and guidance. Would you put your hand, would you put your burdens, would you put your situation, would you put that challenging circumstance today into the nail-pierced hands of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, demonstrating his deep love and care for this man. Jesus took him by the hand, led him out of the city, and Jesus spat on this man's eye, and he laid his hands on him. Now, that seemed bizarre to me. I don't know about you, but that sounds very weird to me. Jesus, why? Well, I am sure no civilized society today will see that as an acceptable formula for healing. For me, I have got my long list of questions to ask Jesus when I see him face to face. I don't know about you, but I've got a list. And this is one of them. Jesus, why did you spit in this man's eyes? I don't know the answer. But certainly Jesus, the divine Son of God, does not need physical prop or a set of formula to work miracles. In many cases, Jesus merely spoke and healing followed. Yet in this particular occasion, Jesus used his spittle in the healing process. And the new Bible commentator, Professor F. Davidson, suggests that one possible reason for Jesus using his saliva has to do with the belief of his contemporary culture. At the time, he said, several Roman writers and Jewish rabbis considered saliva to be a valid treatment for eye diseases. Since the people of that day had a high view of saliva's healing properties. Jesus used his spittle to communicate his intention to heal. Now I'm happy with that answer, but I'm still going to ask Jesus when I see him face-to-face. Perhaps he will give me a different answer. But as I was preparing for this sermon as well, I did ask a competent medical doctor who is also a Bible scholar about this. And she said, I quote... In the context of good hygiene, saliva does have some antiseptic properties. And in some cultures, mothers have been observed using spittle, just like this. They put it like that, to clean their baby's eyes. True or false? For those of us who come from Nigeria, from Sierra Leone, from the Gambia, I saw that a lot. There was a time when I also had that myth and belief that if you wake up in the morning, first in the morning and you put a spittle in your hand and if you've slept bad and your neck is like that, you put it there, like that. And you feel better. These were all myths that we believed in. And there is another one as well in Sierra Leone where if you've got a very bad sore and things are not healing up, what people do, they try to get a dog to lick it. And the saliva from the dog will help in the healing process. All strange, weird beliefs that people have got. But perhaps we do not need to worry too much about what happens in different cultures or be quick to judge how different people do things differently from us. The greatest joy in this story, and I'm going to repeat that again, the greatest joy in this story is to see the difference Christ makes in a person's life with a touch from Jesus the blindness was healed gradually so the event in Mark chapter 8 was an opportunity for Jesus to point to his disciples who were having this kind of blurred vision, not quite sure who Jesus was. What, what, who is this man, they asked. Who is this man? Who is he? What is he doing? Who is he? Because they had all this blurred vision, Jesus used this opportunity to point them, but also to point us, his disciples, for us to know that discipleship is not a sprint. Rather, it is a marathon. It is a gradual process. As the eyes of the blind man was opened gradually, so it will take a daily closer devotional walk with Jesus for our own spiritual eyes uh, to open and to see him clearly as a miracle working God. And so after the first touch, the blind man had a blared vision. And he could see people, but they all looked like trees walking around. I wonder what that would look like uh, to see that today. People looking like trees. But Jesus touched him again for the second time and asked him, just look again. And this time he passed the eye test. He could see clearly. His 2020 vision was restored. The fact that Jesus did it twice is very reassuring to know that divine healing can be a gradual process as well. And so you may have. Been to several healing services. You may have listened to preachers and ministers and prophets preach on the television about healing. And not much has happened in your life. There are lots of them on television. I was watching the other one the other day. He preached a very powerful sermon on the television and said to the people for you to receive your complete healing, you have to send me 10 pounds and then I'll send you the anointing oil. Healing doesn't come that way. But you may have been to the hospital as well, but healing is still slow. You may have done all that you've been asked to do, but you're still not made well or whole. Hear the words of Jesus Christ today. If you get nothing out of what I've said today, hear the words of Jesus Christ. So look again. Look again. To look again is an act of trust. To look again is an act of surrendering to Jesus. To look again is to look at the past hurt and the regret that still hold pains today as we saw in that video from David Healing Worth in Spain. To look again is to bring the healing needs of others to Jesus Christ. We are told that the blind man only had access to Jesus because his friends brought him to Jesus. To look again is to be persistent in prayer. Our music director here, uh, Gerard Brooks, he sat up there right now, uh, wrote something very powerful in the grapevine on Friday. For those of you who don't read it, I'll read it to you so you can hear what he said. But if you go, you might want to read it again, what he said. Just a caption in that letter that Gerard wrote. He said this word, uh, "'Let us regularly,' he said." Call upon the name of the Lord and confidently expect him to answer us. And I love this one that he puts in there. He said, though not necessarily how or when we expect it. End of quote. Three beautiful words there. Regularly, confidently, and it might not necessarily be how we expect God to answer. So look again is to put our hands into his nail-pierced hands and say, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my doubt. Help my unforgiveness. Heal my body. Heal my mind. Heal my soul. Heal my spirit. Heal my son, my husband, my wife, my daughter, my friend, my colleague at work. Heal us, oh God. I conclude this message with some words I got in a text from someone in the congregation right now on Thursday in the morning. This person always sends me some nice things on Thursday morning, almost every morning. But on Thursday, I particularly paid attention to this one that he sent me. It reads, When storms come your way, just remember, you know the master of the wind. When sickness finds you, Just remind yourself, you know the greatest physician. When your heart is broken, just say, I know. I know the potter. As Charlie showed us what the potter can do, I know the potter. It doesn't matter what we face today or what we are going through today. God is our healer and nothing is too hard for him. And so, for all our healing and wholeness, just look again to Jesus. Amen.